Hey there, and welcome to L Chat, a weekly dose of practical tips and strategies to help you create a stunning first impression online. I'm your host, Lauren Hooker, and in today's episode, I'm kicking off the new year with seven of my favorite productivity tips. It's January 1st, which means it's prime time for setting goals and planning for the year ahead. But planning is only half the battle. Taking action on them is the hard part. So my hope is that these tips will make it easier on you by helping you maximize the time you do have to pour into your business and work more efficiently toward your goals. Let's dive in. I've said this a lot in recent blog posts and in my last email to my list, but I love this time of year. It's a close second to the start of the school year because Something about fresh starts and the hope that you'll actually make progress on your goals this upcoming year is exciting to me. It's like a clean slate. There's so much opportunity and promise, and my type A perfectionist nature looks forward to it each time December rolls around. But I've learned that through the years, I will quickly lose steam and fail to reach my January goals if I don't plan and set systems in place for reaching them. And a lot of that boils down to being productive. So in this first L chat of 2019, I'm excited to share my favorite productivity tips and strategies to help you start off this year on the right foot and actually make progress toward your business goals. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to be sharing tips and how-tos for getting your business in order throughout the entire month of January on the blog and in my weekly emails. I'm going to be covering topics from how to set up and utilize Asana and Google Drive for your business to how to tackle your overflowing inbox, along with easy ideas for putting your business on autopilot. I want to help you make 2019 your most productive year yet. But before I dive into my best productivity tips and strategies in today's episode, I want to remind you that the way people usually find podcasts is through iTunes reviews. So if you enjoy L chats and want other creative business owners to discover them too, will you take a moment to leave a review for the L chat podcast? I would be so grateful. All right, let's dive in. Number one productivity tip is to outline your ideal work week. On top of being a new mom and wearing all the hats that come along with running an online business, I am also a pastor's wife. My husband is an assistant pastor at a church plant in our small town, which means that our nights and weekends are often busy with church events and hosting people in our home. It also means that I have to be especially mindful of how I'm scheduling my time. These past couple years, I've found it super helpful to outline my ideal work week. So on a single sheet of paper, I create seven columns, one for each day of the week, and then I write out the hours of the day on the left-hand side of the page, just like a normal calendar or planner. And I list out the hours from 5 a.m. when I usually try to wake up to 10 p.m. when I usually crash for the night. So then I go through and I block off time for things like my morning routines, Ellen Company tasks, Eli's nap times, church events, etc. Because I'm a very visual person, I like being able to piece and color code all of my roles and priorities, and I find it super helpful to do it this way. And it also helps me figure out what I'm capable of taking on and what I might need to say no to. Now, am I ever able to perfectly stick to this ideal schedule? No, and I don't think I've ever followed it to a T. This outline is simply a reference, but it helps me get right back on track when tasks and interruptions inevitably pop up during the week. 
And it sounds really simple, and it is, but it's been the key to making the best use out of the limited hours in my day, and also for accounting for all of the important roles and tasks that I constantly feel like I'm juggling. So if you haven't done an outline like this one before, I created a printable workbook in the Ellen Company Library that not only walks you through outlining your ideal work week, but it also has space for you to write out your daily routines and plan out each workday. I'm also sharing a look at my current ideal work week outline in a new Ellen Company blog post that went live yesterday, along with my simplified approach to goal setting and planning for 2019. I decided to mix it up a little bit this year and pare down. So I've linked to both the library and that blog post in the show notes for you so you can check it out. My first productivity tip was to outline your ideal work week, and my second is to schedule uninterrupted work time. Now this may seem like a given. But if you're pursuing your business on the side while you work a full-time day job or you're a work-from-home mom trying to squeeze in work time on the side, you know that uninterrupted work time is really hard to come by. Even if you're pursuing your business full-time, you might find it difficult to set work hours that aren't interrupted by things like phone calls, texts, emails, or even just tasks around the house like laundry. If you don't purposefully set aside time and put measures in place to get work done, It will either never get done or you'll cut into other time that you could be spending with your family or most likely sleeping. When I came back to work after having my son Eli this past year, I thought I could knock out all of my work during nap times, thinking surely this baby will sleep a lot, right? But I quickly realize that nap times are not dependable and that even when my son does take a good nap, I can't really focus on my work with the baby monitor on my desk and still having to listen out for him. So I finally asked a friend if she would be willing to keep him at our house for about three mornings each week for three hours so I can escape to a coffee shop and get work done. And now I wish I had done it sooner because it is amazing how much I'm able to get done in three hours without any distractions or interruptions. So if you haven't already, Map out some uninterrupted work time in your ideal work week and take the measures necessary to guard it. This might look like exiting out of tabs in your browser, turning off your phone or turning it on silent, turning off notifications, turning on do not disturb mode on your computer, or even getting a babysitter if you have little ones. Do what you need to do to remove all of those distractions so you can buckle down and get work done. And I've found too that when I'm able to get work done outside of the home and have a babysitter, I'm able to really enjoy my time with my son because I don't have that work time hanging over my head and I know that I have that work time to depend on later. So it's been a win-win on all fronts. Number three is to batch similar tasks. Studies show, I found this really interesting, that every time a task is interrupted, it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back to the task. So every time that you're switching between tasks, you're getting distracted and it takes so much time to pick back up where you left off. So if you're constantly switching between tasks, you are drastically reducing your productivity. Grouping like tasks together or batching them allows you to stay focused and actually get more done, especially if you find yourself doing the same tasks again and again on a regular basis. So for example, you could sit down and try to crank out an entire blog post in one sitting. 
You're gonna be switching between the tasks of outlining your post, writing it, and editing it in a text editor like Google Docs. Then you can switch over and create a graphic in Adobe Illustrator. And then you can open Squarespace or WordPress and set up your post and publish it. And then you can go to your social media accounts and set up a post to promote it on each and every one. That's a lot of work and a lot of switching between tasks. You can walk through those tasks again and again throughout the month to prepare for each post every time that you have a new post. Or you can plan ahead and batch those tasks for several blog posts at a time. You could outline all of the posts for the week or the month all at once in Google Docs. You could create all of your graphics all at once in Adobe Illustrator. You could set them all up and schedule out all of your posts in Squarespace. And then you could schedule out all of your social media posts to promote your blog post in a scheduler like Buffer. Again, another simple and straightforward tip but it will save you so much time in the long run. So what tasks could you be batching both for your business and for your personal life this year? Sometimes it makes it easier to think through those tasks after you tackle my fourth productivity tip, which is to create workflows. The more often you work through the same process again and again, the more efficient you'll become. And I was reminded of this when we moved into our house a month ago, and I put away all of our utensils and our plates and our bowls and all the other items away in our kitchen. And then every time I went to make dinner for the first couple of weeks, it took way longer than usual because I kept opening the wrong drawer for the silverware, the wrong drawer for the cookie sheets. I couldn't seem to find anything. But the more and more I'm making meals in our kitchen, the quicker I've become and the more those processes have become second nature again and I don't have to think about it quite as much. And the same is true for your business. Everything has a process, whether it's your client work, your blog post prep, your promo graphics, or even course prep. And if you're constantly switching things up and switching up your processes, you're wasting precious time and money. So if you haven't already, consider mapping out your biggest workflows in a app like Asana or Trello, and you can create a column for each one in a board and create cards for each step of your process. This is going to make it easy to refer back to them later, but it's also going to come in handy if you have assistants or other people on your team or you hope to onboard people in the future. You can also add subtasks on the back of the card, assign team members to those subtasks, link to documents or Google Docs, and utilize tags. You can um, go a lot deeper and more in depth with these boards and these workflows. So if there are any emails involved in the workflow, you might even consider adding a canned email response and a comment or in the description for the card so you can quickly copy and paste and customize it in an email when you get to that step of the process. Sometimes I will even record myself working through a workflow like creating a content upgrade in ConvertKit and I'll attach it to a card in Asana for my assistant to refer back to time and again until a workflow will become second nature for her and she can run with it. So however you choose to go about it, I highly encourage you to at least write out your workflows and evaluate which steps you can get rid of, add to, or change in order to work more efficiently and in turn be more productive in the future. Number five, plan for tomorrow today. Did anyone else's mom have them lay out their clothes for school the night before? My mom knew that weekday mornings were crazy trying to get everyone out the door so she had me pick out my outfit 
right down to my hair clips and my socks the night before so I could wake up and get myself ready without a million questions or outfit changes. It was such a small task, but it helped us all hit the ground running and have a smooth start to the day. And the same can be true for business. At the end of each day, I like to go ahead and think through what's on the agenda for tomorrow. I try to prepare for any upcoming meetings, write down my top three tasks for the day, and clear off my desk so I can pick right back up the next day. Y'all, I know these productivity tips seem so simple and maybe even elementary, but I hope that's encouraging to you because becoming more productive doesn't mean having to make huge changes in your already crazy work week. Making small changes can make just as big of an impact. So give it a try. At the end of each workday, take five minutes to prepare for the upcoming workday. Your future self will be grateful and hopefully a little more productive. Number six, set a timer. Some of you might not struggle with setting aside uninterrupted time to get work done or even planning for the next day. Instead, you might be struggling to be productive because like me, you're a little bit of a perfectionist. You have trouble making progress on a task because you don't want to start on it if you don't feel like you can do it well. Or you may actually make progress but struggle to call it quits on a project because it could always be better, so you work in circles for hours trying to make improvements and just wasting time. If this sounds familiar, consider setting a timer for tasks and force yourself to get them done within that time frame. I'm doing it right now as I record this LChat episode. I could easily record this for hours trying to get it perfect, or I could accept that it's going to be imperfect Hope that y'all give me a little grace and move on. Productivity doesn't mean doing everything perfectly. It means getting it done well. And I used to hate that fact, but I'm becoming, I don't know, it's becoming easier the longer and longer I'm in business. All right, before I get to the last productivity tip, I want to do a quick recap. Number one, outline your ideal work week. Two, schedule uninterrupted work time. Three, batch-like tasks. Four, create workflows. Five, plan for tomorrow today. Six, set a timer. And number seven, repurpose your content. How many times have you heard the saying, work smarter, not harder? A lot of times you can increase your productivity, maximize your time, and work smarter by repurposing your content. This could look like creating a how-to video for your blog and sending it off to a site like rev.com to create a transcript for the content of your post so it can be indexed by search engines since videos can't be indexed at the moment. You can add that same video to YouTube and you could share a short paragraph or two from the transcript in an email to your list along with a link to the blog post to watch the video. So you would be creating blog content, video content on YouTube, and list content or email content to your list. So you're repurposing that content three ways. It could also look like recording your screen as you digitize a logo or edit a photo and you could share it on social media just capitalizing on the work you're already doing and recording it. Or it could look like pulling up an old blog post from your archives and highlighting the biggest points in an upcoming email to your list. You don't have to take more time to consistently pump out new content, especially if you've been at it for a long time. So instead, tie your content together on all of your different marketing channels by repurposing it. Get creative and consider how you can work smarter and also cut back on time. 
There you have it, seven simple ways that you can plan for your most productive year yet. Again, none of them are revolutionary or even require you to make big changes, and I think that's why they've been so effective for me, so I hope they're helpful for you too. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also enjoy some of my other productivity posts on the Ellen Company blog. So visit the show notes for links to past posts, subscribe to the LChat podcast, and be sure to sign up for my email list to stay up to date on all of the other organization and productivity posts throughout this month. Here's to your most productive year yet. Happy New Year.